1: That's O-L-L-Y dot com.
2: Next Chapter Podcasts presents the Play On Podcast series, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Episode 1, Obscenely and Courageously. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. Lord, what fools these mortals be? Of course I've heard about the wedding. We've all heard about it. You have
3: no shit. What do I have to be ashamed about? Where is your mom? My armor is on the island. Hippolyta, my sweet. Our wedding hour draws near. Four happy days deliver us a newborn moon. How slow this old moon wanes, like some declining dowager that just won't die. She withers, as does her estate.
0: Four days will quickly marinate in night. Four nights will quickly dream away the time. Like an angelic archer's silvered bow, a sliver of the moon shall seat herself amidst our congregation.
3: (laughs) Listen, Philistrate.
4: My lord.
3: Rile up the Athenian youth. The party's on. Go set a stage for merriment and save the melancholy mood for funerals. Despairs not on my guest list, not tonight. Hippolyta. Mm. When flirting with my sword, I won your love, but gave you injury. So I shall wed you, in a different way, with pomp, hmm? <laughs> with circumstance, and revelry. <laughs> <It's laughs> <awesome. clears throat> Praise, Theseus, our celebrated duke. I thank you, Aegeus. So, what's the news? Most
0: agitatedly, I'm filing suit against my child, my daughter, Hermia. My lord. Uh, Come here, Demetrius. My noble lord. This man has my consent to marry her. Come here, Lysander. My gracious duke. This man-witch cast a spell upon my child. You, you, Lysander, gave her poetry, and little gifts went to and fro as well. By moonlight at her window, you would sing deluded love songs in deluded voice and mesmerized my daughter. Furthermore, with bracelets of your hair and trinkets, toys and rings and candies, nicks and flowers, knacks, gifts most engaging to the gullible. With cunning, you purloined my daughter's heart, made her obedience, my godly right, into impertinence. And so, my duke... If she should not, right here before your grace, agree to marry with Demetrius, I beg the old paternal right of Athens. As she is mine, then I may choose her fate, which is to marry this fine gentleman, or die. Whichever outcome I decide, shall be administered immediately.
3: What say you, Hermia? I offer this advice. Regard your father as a god. A god who chose your attributes of beauty, and in his eyes, you're but a waxen form that he imprinted. So his right is to disfigure what he made, or marry it away. Demetrius is a worthy man.
5: So is Lysander.
3: Yes, all by himself, but if another wins your father's blessing, you should agree that he's the favorite.
5: I wish my father looked out through my eyes.
3: Then with your father's judgment, would you see? Mm-hmm.
5: Excuse me, please, Your Grace. I don't know what got into me to make me act so bold, or how this might affect my reputation to speak my mind so clearly in your presence, but... I must beg of you to tell me, please, the worst fate that could fall on me should I refuse a marriage with Demetrius.
3: Your execution! Or surrendering forever the society of men. Consider, Hermia, your love, and think about how young you are, your family position. If, by abandoning your father's choice, you can endure a nunnish fashion sense, forever cloistered where the sun don't shine. To live a virgin till your life is through while chanting to a moon that's as barren as you. How blessed are they who live by self control, who make an epic trek of self denial. But happier is the rose plucked for perfume than that which withers on the virgin thorn and grows and lives and dies untouched by man.
5: So will I grow, so live. So die, my lord, before I give a petal to Demetrius. His ring upon my finger puts a leash round my neck, but nay, I shall not heal. (laughs)
3: Let's put a pin in this. Upon the new moon's birth, the day my love and I take vows to seal our love and fond companionship. (laughs) Upon that day... Either prepare to die for disobeying what your father says, or you may wed Demetrius as he'd like, or on Diana's altar of the moon, you'll vow to live a spinster's life in worship. Surrender, my sweet Hermia, and Lysander, give up
6: your challenge to my property. You have her father's love. If you let me have Hermia, a double wedding waits.
2: (laughs) Oh, Oh. (laughs) dear.
6: Most rude,
0: Lysander. Yes, he has my love, and what is mine, I give to him in love. And she is mine, in possession I give to my new son, Demetrius.
6: We're equal in society, my lord. I'm just as wealthy, and I love her more. My prospects are the same or better yet than what is promised for Demetrius. And what means more than all my boasts is this. I am beloved of lovely Hermia. Why shouldn't I pursue my claim on her? Mm -hmm. Demetrius, I swear to you, was quite the flirt with Nader's daughter, Helena. She fell so hard that now she worships him like he's a god. But all the prayer in all the world can't hide the fact that he's a player.
3: (sighs) I must confess that I have heard as much, and with Demetrius meant to hash it out, preoccupation with my own affairs made me forget. Oh, Demetrius, come here. You too, Aegeus. You'll come along with me, for privately I've schooling for you both. For you, fair Hermia, prepare yourself to act according to your father's will, or you'll be sentenced by Athenian law, which by no means can we negotiate to death or to a vow of single life.
0: Theseus.
3: Come, my Hippolyta, what's good, my love? Dimitris and Aegeus, come with me. I've errands for you both from matters of our wedding day, and I'll confer with you about some matters that concern you both. We follow from our will, and
0: as you said. My lord. My lord.
6: How now, my love? Why are your cheeks so pale? Mm. What makes their roses fade away so fast?
5: They are in drought, no doubt, till I unleash a flash flood from the fountains of my eyes.
6: I me. In nothing I could ever read, could ever learn from history or fiction, the course of true love never did run smooth. <laughs> but either it came down to social standing...
5: Oh dear. To love one lowlier than I.
6: Or facing a disparity in age.
5: Oh, spite! Too old to be engaged to youth.
6: Or else one's elders chose one's paramour.
5: Oh, hell. To choose love by another's eyes.
6: Or even if the match were perfect, war or death or sickness would demolish love and leave it momentary as a sound, as swift as a shadow, quick as any dream, as brief as lightning in the darkest night that viciously unfolds the sky and earth, before a man has power to say, Look out! (laughs) (laughs) The jaws
5: of darkness swallow love away.
6: So bright young things become confused
5: (laughs) So, if the course of love is always lost, it stands as law that fate has then decreed In practice, we shall learn the art of patience For all our troubles are to be expected as much of love as thoughts and dreams and sighs Wishes and tears that poor young dreamers follow
6: Indeed, and being so, then listen, Hermia I have a widow aunt who's well-to-do, except she lacks a child to spoil. Her house is twenty miles away from Athens, and she treats me as she would her only son. There, gentle Hermia, may I marry you. And the oppressions of Athenian law cannot pursue us. If you love me, then... Sneak from your father's house tomorrow night, and in that wood, a few miles out of town, if you recall the place where once we met with Helena to celebrate the May Day, you'll find me waiting there.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Dear Lysander, oh, I swear to you by Cupid's strongest bow, Uh, by his best arrow with the gold-tipped glow, uh, and by the innocence of Venus doves, by that which knits up souls and fosters loves, And by that fire where royal Dido burned, on learning that Aeneas' love was spurned, by all the promises that men have broke in number more than women ever spoke, in that same place that you direct me to, tomorrow truly I will meet with you. Oh, keep your promise. (laughs) Hermia! Here comes Helena. Hermia! Hello, fair Helena. What brings you out? You call me fair? You better fair unsay.
1: Demetrius loves your fair. Oh, yippee, fair. Your eyes shoot stars. Your lips exhaust fresh air as lovely as a lark sings in a shepherd's ear in springtime when the shrub is but appear. You catch his eye like a contagion, though your sickness I would catch before I go. My ear should catch your voice. My eye, your eye. My tongue should catch your tongue's sweet lullaby. Could I but make Demetrius love my own? I'd cast myself away to be your clone. Oh, teach me your seductions. Show what art you ply to mesmerize
5: Demetrius' heart. I frown upon him, yet he loves me still. Ah, that your frowns could teach my smiles such skill. I give him curses, yet he gives me love. I give him prayers, he gives me a shove. The more I hate, the more he follows me. The more I love, the more he hates on me. Oh, his foolishness is not a fault of mine. To him your heaven. (gasps) I'm a porcupine! (laughs) Hey! Take comfort. He'll no longer see my face. Soon, with Lysander, I shall flee this place. Before I saw him, then my eyes could see. All Athens was a paradise to me. Oh, then, what beauty in my love may dwell, Demetrius made heaven into hell.
6: We have a secret, Hermia and I. Tomorrow, as the moon sees from the sky herself reflected in the watery glass, bedecking pearls on all the blades of grass, a time that lovers on the run do flee, we will sneak past Athens' gates and then run free.
5: <gasps> and in the wood, where often you and I upon pale primrose beds were known to lie, unfolding from our hearts our secret sweet. There my Lysander and myself shall meet, and thence from Athens turn away our eyes. With strange new friends, we'll come to socialize. Hermia, have you seen her? Has anybody seen her? Oh Farewell, sweet playfellow. Please pray for us. And we'll wish luck to your Demetrius. I keep word, Lysander. (laughs) We must starve our sight from lover's food until tomorrow night. I will,
6: my Hermia.
5: (laughs)
7: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Oh, oh.
6: Hello, oh my.
7: Helena, adieu. As you love him, Demetrius will love
6: you.
2: Oh,
6: me. Me. Hmm.
1: How happy some unlike this some can be. Through Athens I'm considered fair as she. But what of that? Demetrius says not, for he knows everything but what he ought. And as he flails, loving on Hermia's eyes, so I regard him as my greatest prize. What he despises in me, what he'd flee, love might transform to form and dignity. For love looks not with eyes, but with the mind. Behold, the reason Cupid's painted blind. Love's mind is starved of a discerning taste when, flying blind, love apprehends in haste. And therefore love is said to be a child because in choosing, often he's beguiled. As naughty boys when playing games tell lies, what love should bring, the Cupid then defies. Before Demetrius found my friend divine, he hailed down oaths that he was only mine. And when this hails some heat from Hermia felt. So he dissolved. And all his oaths didn't melt. I will go tell him of Fair Hermia's flight. He'll gallop to the woods tomorrow night. And since I've given him his love's location, if he thanks me, it's worth the information. But my intentions to enrich my pain. To see him flee. And then come back again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even sleep last
0: night. Could you sleep with me? Thank you a lot for
8: sleep. helping me carry all this beer in here. really was helpful. It's all oh. our
9: company here. You are best to call them generally, man by man, according to the playbill.
8: <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Here is the scroll of every man thought good enough (laughs) through all Athens to play in our interlude for the Duke and the Duchess (laughs) on his wedding day at night. (coughs) Uh, First,
9: good Peter Quince, say what the play is on about, read the names of the actors, and then
8: zip it. Indeed. Our play... Is the most pathetic comedy and most cruel death of Pyramus and Thisbe. Wow. <laughs> Very good piece of work, I assure
9: you, and a hoot! <laughs> now, good Peter Quince, call forth your actors by the
8: list. <laughs> yeah.
9: Masters, keep no, your distance.
8: Answer as I call you Nick Bottom the Weaver. Ready? Name what part I am for and proceed. You, Nick Bottom, are written down for Pyramus. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) What is Pyramus? A lover or a tyrant? A lover that kills himself most honorably for love. That will ask (gasps) Uh
9: for some tears in the true performing of it. If I do it, let the audience look to their eyes. I will make rain clouds of them. I will get to moaning in some measure. (laughs) To the rest, my chief talent is for a tyrant. I could play Hercules once in a blue moon. Or a raving, ranting role to every seat make moist. The raging rocks and shivering shocks, shall break the locks of prison gates. And Phibis car shall shine from far and make maw the Foolish fates. <laughs>
6: See,
8: this is why he's pyramid. <laughs> so this fantastic. is how he is of the Now,
9: name the rest of the players. <coughs> this is a Hercules vein, a tyrant's vein. A lover's more consoling. Francis Flute, the bellows mender. Here, Peter Quince.
8: Flute, you hmm. must take on a Thisbe. Whom is Thisbe? A wandering knight? It is the lady... That Pyramus must love.
4: Oh, <laughs> heavens, please, don't make me play a woman. I've a beard. Mm-hmm. Growing? <laughs> it's all good. You
8: shall play it in a mask. And you may speak as tinily as you're able.
9: Uh, if I may hide my face, let me play Thisbe too. I'll speak in a monstrous tiny voice. <clears> Thisney, <throat> thisby.
8: This oh, Pyramus, lover, dear. For Thisbe, dear, and Lady, dear. No, no. You must play Pyramus. And flute, you, Mm Thisbe. Well... Mm -hmm. Proceed. Robin Starveling, the tailor. Robin Starveling, you must play Thisbe's mother. Tom Snout, the tinker. You, Pyramus' father. Myself, Thisbe's father. Snug, the joiner. (laughs) You... The lion's part. Hmm? And I hope here is a play put together.
0: <laughs> Have you the lion's part written? I beg of you. If it is,
8: give it to me now, for I am slow of study. Ah, you may improvise. It's only roaring. Let me play the lion too.
9: I will roar to exercise the hearts of all who hear me. I will roar, roar. <gasps> that I will make the duke say,
8: Encore! <laughs> let him roar again! Let him no, roar again! <laughs> and you should do it too frighteningly. You would alarm the duchess and the ladies so that they would shriek, and then we'll all swing by the neck.
0: Oh, is this that is dangerous. I, I what, that 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 would us. I grant you, friends,
8: <laughs> if you
9: should fright the ladies out of their wits to such a degree, they'd have no choice but to hang us. But I will... Aggravate my voice and you as gently as any suckling dove. I will you
8: like a nightingale. Oh. You can play no part but Pyramus! <gasps> For Pyramus is a sweet faced man, a yeah. b- proper man, as one shall see in a summer's day. Mm-hmm. A most Lovely, gentleman-like man. Therefore, you're required to play Pyramus. Well,
9: um, I will undertake it. (laughs) What beard is best to play it in? Why, what you will. (laughs) Oh, I will discharge it. In either your straw-colored beard, oh, your orange tawny beard, yeah, yeah. your purple flecked or, beard, mm-hmm. or your beard that's the color of the French crown, your perfect yellow—absolutely. Mm-hmm.
8: Some of your French crowns are bald. What with the syphilis going around, and then you will play bareface. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. but. <clears throat> but, masters. Here are your parts. And I am to entreat you, request you, and desire you to learn them by tomorrow night. <laughs> sure. And meet me in the palace wood, a mile outside of town, by moonlight, there. Will we rehearse? Mm-hmm. For if we meet in the city, we will be deluged with fans, and they will learn all our tricks. yep,
2: right.
8: In the meantime, I will draw a prop list as our play wants. I beg of you, don't fail me. <gasps> we will meet, and
9: there, rehearse obscenely and courageously. Take pains,
8: be perfect. I At the Duke's Oak, we'll meet. Just us. Mm-hmm. Look at I mean, I Enough! Be
9: there or somewhere else.
8: Okay. Alright.
2: Oh now, spirit? Where are you wandering?
4: Over hill, over dale, through bush, through briar, over park, over vale, through flood, through fire. Ah. I do wander everywhere, swifter than the lunar sphere. And I serve the fairy queen. Mm. Sprinkling dew upon the green Of the cowslips' guardians be In gold coats their spots, you see Those be rubies Fairy favors In those freckles live their sabers (laughs) I must seek some dewdrops here Hang pearls in each cowslip's ear Hmm. (gasps) Some old spirit I'll be gone Queen and elves shall meet anon.
2: The king will hold his revels here tonight. Beware the queen come not within his sight, <laughs> for Oberon is full of mighty rage. On her attends a boy of tender age that he contends is of an Indian king. She never had so sweet a changeling. And jealous Oberon would have the child become his knight to stride the forests wild. With force she holds her fond beloved boy, and crowning him in flowers makes him her joy. And now they never meet in grove or green, by fountain clear or under starlight sheen, but argue so that all their elves for fear creep into acorn cups and hide in there.
4: Either I mistake the shape within my sight or else you are that shrewd and knavish sprite called Robin Goodfellow. <laughs> are not you here? Who scares the maidens of the villagery? steals cream for milk and often grinds the corn. Your fruitless task makes fruitful wives careworn. You sometime make the beer to bear no foam. You mislead travelers laughing as they roam. Some call you hobgoblin and some sweet puck. You do their work and they shall have good luck. Are not?
2: I, <laughs> what you speak, be right. I am that merry wanderer of the night. I jest to Oberon and make him smile. I'll feed a horse some beans,
7: then in a while they'll start to
2: like they're a newborn fool. Or I might linger in a gossip's bowl and so disguised as a roasted crab that when she drinks, against her lips I stab and on her wrinkled neck down pours the ale. <laughs> the wisest aunt who tells the saddest tale from thinking I'm a stool will rest her hind on me. I slip under her bum. Down topples she, crying, Taylor! Falling then into a cough. All in the tavern hold their hips and scoff, their mirth so multiplied, they sneeze and swear a merrier hour was never wasted there.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but fairy, flee, for here comes Oberon.
4: And here, my mistress. I wish that he were gone.
2: Play On podcast series A Midsummer Night's Dream was translated into the modern tongue by Jeff Witte and directed by Catherine Eaton. Sound designer Arjun Sheff. Sound engineer Sadaharu Yagi. Dialogue editor Larry Walsh. Executive producer Michael Goodfriend. Senior producer Miriam Lauba. Managing producer Robert Cappadona. Coordinating producer, Taylor Bailey. Casting by the Telsey office, Karen Castle, CSA. And Ada Karamanian. The cast is as follows. Alexandra Henriksen as Helena. Amari Cheatham as Oberon. Armando McLean as Aegeus and Snug. Cedric Lamar as Flute and Mustard Seed. Christopher Livingston as Demetrius and Peas Blossom. Daisuke Tsuji as Park David fur as Theseus Kopal Kifan as Lysander Jamie Ann Romero as Hermia and Kapwa Gina Yi as Quince and Moth Jen Harris as Bottom Manila Luzon as Hippolyta and Michelle Beck as Titania Additional support was provided by Voice and Text Consultant Rebecca Clark Carey. Equipment and recording engineer Tommy Freed. The Senior Manager of Business Operations and Partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play On Podcast series A Midsummer Night's Dream is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. For more about the series, go to playonpodcasts.com where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. Bottoms
7: up! As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.